Hey everyone, I'm Jay. I'm Sophia. And I'm Scott, and welcome to Witches Betwig. Today we're going to be talking about the dark half of the year. Um, all of us are situated on the, the east coast of North America, um, and we've kind of been experiencing somewhat of an early winter. Uh, it's been it's been kind of interesting, but I feel um, kind of the the effects of the dark half of the year are also coming in at the same time as this colder weather. Like today, it snowed a little bit, and for it to snow so early in November down where uh, Scott and I are in Philadelphia, yeah, that's um that's odd for that to be happening. So um yeah, we're just gonna talk kind of talk about the dark half of the year for this episode and kind of like what it what we're going through right now and how it's affecting us. Um, Sophia had actually brought up this idea as a topic for today. So I'm thinking maybe you want to take the reins on this and kind of open up the discussion. Yeah, I can a little bit. And I would like to preface by saying like, holy shit, we got like three inches of snow up here in Toronto. And I was listening to the radio at work today and the guy was like, oh, is this the most or the earliest snow I've seen in 70 years and blah, blah, blah. So apparently it's really early for us too. Um, and I find the dark half of the year is like this really good introspection period. Like the summer's often when I'm out and about and I'm getting shit done and I'm doing stuff and I'm trying to make things happen. Oh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, during the dark half of the year, I'm like a lot more introspective and I'm kind of putting direction into my life and like working on what I want out of myself you know like I have a lot more it's just kind of like a natural flow of things right like everything Mm -hmm. in winter kind of goes dormant and you start dealing with more shadowy aspects of yourself which might be Mm -hmm. like well how do you handle seasonal depression how do you handle not being able to get out and go somewhere every day you know how do you not handle the not being surrounded in the vibrance of nature you know so it like kind of gives us um, a bit of insight into ourselves and a chance to work with other energies than we might normally if we were to only kind of pay attention to one half of the year. And it's part of the cycle. It's something important. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for me, what's really been messing with me and it never really has in the past. It's like daylight savings time. Oh, it yeah. really, it really came out of nowhere this year. Like it's the same time every year. Like I know it's coming. I know, but I never understood when when people say like it really affects them, because I was never like that. And for some reason this year, it's really affecting me really hard. Like I leave, I pretty much, I leave my house around eight in the morning. And it's it's fairly light at that time. Like it's a good it's a good amount of morning light. But when I leave work, it's dark. Like it's yeah. nighttime. And I also work down in a basement, so there's no windows. Mm-hmm. So I have no sense of daylight. It's like there's no sense of time. The only sense of time that I have is, you know, my own internal clock and clocks. Um, so it's really jarring to come up from where I'm working and then it's just pitch black you mm-hmm. know to go from like that little bit of morning light to like pitch darkness um mm. I never really expected it to affect me that hard 
because it it never did in the past. And I think what what some of my issue is, I feel like it makes me tired. Like it really kicks in that I guess that uh what circadian rhythm kind of thing. Yeah. And it really just kicks it in. And by the time I get home, I'm like. I'm really tired. Like I want to go to bed. I want to, but I'm like, oh my god, it's only seven o'clock. Like I can't, I can't just go to bed because I'm going to be up at like five in the morning, you know. So it's been really affecting me really hard. I'm not really sure what to do to even adjust. I'm thinking maybe just take more breaks from my desk and walk upstairs more to the to the windows upstairs and just mm-hmm. get a sense of of the time and the light. Um, and it's been making me. And it's kind of like what Sophia was saying. It's been making me more self-aware and introspective because it's been making me examine myself more. Like, why is this affecting me now when it hasn't in the past? It's it's just making me, like, look deeper into, I guess, my own mental state. I got to yeah. say, I was, I was recently, just today, reading an article. Um, someone made a really great uh, comment. Um, they were talking about how you know today we're kind of expected like what was the comment i'm trying to paraphrase it here so basically this gentleman uh, or, or this gentleman said in his post about the dark half of the year about winter uh he said eight thousand years of ancestors like coming together during the cold half not working sitting around a fire taking time off uh you know being introspective telling stories sharing um, information, et cetera. And all of a sudden now we're this, uh, we're this, you know, we're po- cogs in a machine of consumerism. And yeah. you know, now it's just like pump, pump, pump out work, get, you know, make money. And it's funny because, you know, even um, recently I, I also saw another article by scientists who were actually suggesting to um, either do away with as, as far as observance of daylight savings time, because they're finding that it's actually unhealthy. I too, I've always been hit pretty hard by daylight savings time. I get really tired or I start to get really wacky dreams because I can't sleep. But like mm-hmm. it, even for my already wacky sleep schedule, it starts to mess with me in general. Um, I've been I get really introspective like the both of you. I really do. I've been thinking about family a lot. Family has been and like what that means, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know just yeah um i'm trying to think also the other thing because like when it comes to when it comes to the family stuff i mean like i don't want to get too you know personal Deep. about it but it's, <laughs> it's it's heavy this year it's a lot to think about mm-hmm. um making sense of that and it's it's a time when you want to be with your family and uh, you know whether your chosen family or your blood family but regardless the other thing that I've noticed, as far as magically speaking, uh, now I don't know precisely what this is, but I kind of feel like it's still, um, it pertains. Ever since, uh, like a couple weeks before Samhain, the, 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 the realm of the other side has had this, uh, this potency, this drive that I've, I don't think I've ever actually seen before. I have two uh two or three different people um who who are experiencing like hauntings like like haunting hauntings not like you know just mm-hmm. simple Little stuff i have things. like yeah uh, uh, uh then of course it was a few months in, into late summer with uj when we had to help that your coworker. yeah um 
I don't know. I don't know if either of you have, have noticed any increase in... I can actually speak to that because I, I've i said it before on this podcast, I am, I guess, um, not naturally sensitive to spirits, um, things like that, you know, I guess kind of like psychic ability. I don't really have a natural um, affinity toward that. <clears throat> Scott is always saying that, you know, we're going to, you know, train my psychic muscles, Um but, which I do believe it is a skill that can be honed and learned, but I just don't have a natural affinity for it. So for things that go bump in the night, I'm definitely not the first person to recognize it or hear it or see it or feel it. But um, I would say since Samhain on, maybe a, maybe like a couple days after Samhain mm-hmm. uh, had passed, I've been feeling... Um, a tingling in the back of my head like in the back of my, it feels like it's inside my head mm-hmm. like in my skull in my brain mm-hmm. and it's just a little sensation and i can't describe what the sensation is it doesn't hurt it doesn't it doesn't hurt it doesn't feel good it just is it's just a sensation of something um being there maybe or just maybe it, it almost feels like i'm receiving like a radio signal I guess is whatever that would feel like. Yeah. Um, so I've just been kind of been feeling that, and sometimes in the front of my head. So sometimes it's the front of my head, and then sometimes it's the back of my head. Um, yeah. And I have, and then ever since, um, it was on the 30th, it was right before Samhain, actually, Darian had come over, and we had done a feast to... Uh, Hathor and Shekmet, mm-hmm. if that's the correct pronunciation. Um, I'm waiting for him to murder me later and be like, you pronounced that wrong. You did it right. <laughs> okay. So we, we did a uh, – Darian follows mostly um, Egyptian, like an Egyptian kind of path, kemeticism, mm-hmm. I guess is what he practices. And so I offered him the space to have this new feast to Hathor and Shekmet, and – I think ever since then there has just been a lot more activity, which is something I wasn't expecting because of the nature of that festival. It was supposed to be, you know, like happy and like share, like share with friends and spend time with friends and stuff. I maybe I need to ask Darian more about those, like that particular, those particular. Yeah. From what I understand, the concept is kind of it goes from. It has a darker face to it, right? Hence Hathor and Shekmet. Shekmet being the darker face. Like, the ancient Egyptians never particularly worshipped Shekmet. They kind of... um, Then they 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 satiated her. They they tried to keep her from becoming angry. Yeah. And breaking out and and causing harm. So, uh, you can imagine what that would kind of... Yeah, like the duality of that nature, and I haven't been experiencing any hauntings, like no, no hauntings, nothing, nothing spooky. But there, like, it feels like, yeah, it just feels like something, someone is trying to send me a message, and I just don't know how to, I don't know how to receive it. I guess it just feels like someone's trying to like send me an email, but it just keeps bouncing back. It's kind of what it feels like. Um, so I've been experiencing that, and then ever since you had mentioned during that feast, the you said you had uh, felt like a house spirit, mm-hmm. like a like a 
what did you call it? Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been they were called hearing. Hobgoblin. I've been hearing like uh, a voice of sorts. Not necessarily. I couldn't even replicate what that voice sounds like, but it's just a a voice I hear. You know, words like, you know, we need to get this straightened up, and we need to get our we need to get this house in order. That's what I keep hearing. You need to get this house in order is like the things that I keep hearing and of course me being a skeptic I'm like am I thinking these things just because Scott said something to me or am I hearing these things because now you basically introduced me to the spirit like possibly the spirit was trying to get my attention and I'm just you know not the best at you know receiving messages so and I I think that that might be what it is because I have felt even though with all the daylight savings times and me being tired and stuff I felt an extra sense of I get a little bit of a second wind now especially when I'm doing anything related to either the podcast or reading something witchy or whatever the case is I feel like a boost of of energy regarding it I feel a boost of energy regarding anything magical or witchcraft related and then a boost like when I'm when I'm you know, organizing something in the house or getting something together. Um, when I'm making positive, when I'm doing positive things in the space, as I feel, I hear this voice, and I feel this sense of this extra sense of um, encouragement and energy mm. about it. Yeah, the uh, I was really impressed to see the hob, uh, as as it was called in in um, Europe, uh, well in London, in the British Isles. Um, to see it's the presence in a home like that it's 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 really rare to see a house that uh that today anyway that that's actually alive in that sense mm-hmm. um something that i learned uh, i mean i've always kind of had the sense of it like you know how like you know something but you you actually learn it later on yeah uh all houses were designed to in, in a in a kind of with the spirituality in mind in the in the beginning of homemaking right like that's something yeah. i never really knew but it, there's yeah, but actually in something this home to it. but for this kind of home i wouldn't expect that they're just it's just a row home you know these but were... I, I mean that's the thing i think like the measurements and the mathematics like there's a lot of like um there's a lot of like traditional like traditional lore and just occult lore in general like i know um i didn't know this till a friend of mine told me but uh I think we talked about this on the podcast before. I used to see weird squiggly lines coming from the corners of the the of the room, like from the mm-hmm. ceiling of the corner. And apparently, on an etheric level, due to like the measurements, they're mm-hmm. actually the weakest energetic points of a room. Mm-hmm. Which is why whenever you're at nighttime, you look up and you think you're like seeing like something like bubbling out of the corner. Yeah, sometimes it's I do spirits see that. because it's weaker. And it's harder for doing really? the mathematics, which is weird. You know, math, magic, and me do not get along. Math and me don't get along, let alone yeah. magic and math. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so apparently that's a thing. But, no, you have a, a particularly alive home that feels very powerful and vivacious. And, yeah, this is a thing. Uh, and, and I feel like they have other encounters going on where the spirit world is – is really just kind of revving up in a way I've never seen it before. Um, and this topic I feel like will come up again for me in a, in a future topic um, that I hope we do talk about. The other topic we were going to talk about today. 
Mm-hmm. It'll come up there as well, but I'll wait for that. But yeah, so that's that's kind of where I've been. I mean, like I said, so family and spirituality, big time. Yeah, shit's been like, I don't know, kind of weird here. It's not like weirder than usual, though. I mean, I feel like there's definitely shit going on and things are coming to a head soon, like within a year. And 2020 is going to be an intense year. And that's why I feel like everything's kind of moving and shaking right now. But I mean, I'm getting about as many hauntings as usual, to be honest. Like my roommate's been dealing with like the same demon that he's been dealing with since like a fucking hot minute. And it tried to pose as Baphomet to him at the, at one point. I was like, the thing isn't fucking Baphomet. Like I will kill this thing. Like let me at it sort of thing. Um, I don't know, but that's like kind of par for the course sometimes. Um, not all the time, but shit comes and shit goes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of got a flow to it. Speaking of um, Baphomet, I was actually recently in Salem, Massachusetts, and what was really interesting about Salem is so we like the temperature had been fairly mild you know leading up to that it was maybe 50 degrees 60 degrees you know something like that like a nice like a crisp fall temperature but that particular weekend this weekend just passed it we when we went up all the way to to salem which is up past boston um that was the weekend that the temperature dropped like it just dropped and it dropped you know it it dropped pretty much all along the east coast um so it wasn't just like, oh, you're going up farther north, so it's going to get chillier. It was just, it just dropped. And to be up in that particular part of the country, especially by the bay, and you have the water right there, and it just feels so much colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it All the time. really made me, f- and I know it's not winter, but it made me feel winter. Like I really felt it. And to be in Salem, which just has so much just history and magic. I mean, it's the, 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 you can feel it pulsing from the ground. You don't have to feel it. Yes. You don't have to be the most sensitive person to, to feel, um, the energy that Salem gives off. Um, but I really felt winter, and I feel like I almost tapped into that land, and I feel like I carried some of that that energy back with me because I've been I've been feeling that. But it, it's it's um it's a sharp, cold, icy energy. Not necessarily bad because a lot of times the words sharp, icy, cold are really have negative connotations. But it's more I like I feel like clarity. I feel like a really clear piece of ice. Yeah. Oh my god, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I feel like a really clear piece of ice and I feel like I have energy to commit to the things that I'm trying to do. Mm. Is what I really feel like. And I don't know if that's if that's just the energy of Salem that I picked up or just maybe this, this early winter kind of vibe that came on, but I'm feeling a resurgence in power. And I, and I think in that way, I've kind of discovered the difference between being um, maybe like mentally tired or bodily tired, but I'm not magically tired. I'm not spiritually tired. Mm-hmm. Now, Sometimes if I, I, you know, 
Yeah. I've, I've heard a few people who are getting like a second wind right now. Like uh, someone on my Facebook was like, wow, suddenly I have all my energy back right now. And they posted that like a week ago and I've been feeling a lot better lately too, like physically and what have you. So maybe there is kind of something in the upswing for people, you know, maybe we're getting our second wind. Mm. Yeah. It's very possible. Um, I kind of wanted to switch gears because I wanted to talk a little bit about this um, tarot deck that I have called the Wildwood Tarot. Okay. Um, what's interesting about this is that it actually follows the wheel of the year. So it follows the seasons. It follows the Sabbaths. It's not a traditional tarot in the sense, you know, uh, it's not the uh, the Rider Waite system. Or the Fool's so Journey. Is, right. But it is sort of like that. It is very heavily based off of that, Mm -hmm. but with a lot of pagan elements. Yeah. Which kind of helps me. Like when I read these cards, I read them within the context of the time of the season or the or the the season that they represent. You know, so like if you're pulling a card that is, you know, occurs maybe more in Beltane, then maybe this particular question that you've asked isn't really going to happen soon, but maybe it's going to happen more toward Beltane or mm. something like that. And that's yeah. and to read it in a in a cyclical fashion versus um, just having like a you know like just just in terms of breaking it down in suits like it there they has suits but it doesn't break it down just that way because all of those cards correspond to a different section on the wheel of the year mm-hmm. so what I found really really interesting I was looking um, so. Really, right now, we're kind of in between that point between the Samhain and the solstice. You know, it's that it's it's that that uh, everything's getting darker and colder. And and a lot of times the problem happens when Samhain comes up is we put a lot of focus on that one night that or maybe one or two nights. So we put a lot of focus on those one or two nights and we're like, oh, yeah, the veil's the thinnest, the veil's the thinnest, the veil's the thinnest. And then we kind of almost act like it just closes up. My headphones. We kind of act like it just closes up and that's it. And Halloween's over and all the spooky things are gone. And I don't feel like that. I feel mm-hmm. like that's just the opening. It's the beginning. Yeah. Like exactly. It's beginning. What, and it's, it is that historically as well. Spooky season. I said this on my Facebook the other day too. Spooky season originally did not end in the, in the Celtic areas and the, and the British Isles, at least for Europe anyway. Because it's different, spooky seasons, different times of the year, different places. But um, it was from Samhain generally to spring. Because because the entire winter is dark. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And I think of like that line from Game of Thrones that people always use. Not winter is coming, but the uh, um, from the book, the night is dark and full of terrors. Terrors. And that's yeah. that was the whole point. I mean, but that's that was half of the point of the Yule log, right? Yeah. Um, which will t- which I will we will talk and I will talk more about that um, at a later date. But we'll uh, get deeper into the the lore and folklore of Yule. We will get deeper into it, but we're kind of just talking about this time leading up to it. Right. Which um, is why. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's what you were saying. The Yule log. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch uh, the TV sh- uh, the Netflix series uh, Sabrina, they had a whole episode about why you know partly of why you keep a yule log you know and that was 
that was in truth part of it for protection, right? Yeah, to keep you want to light up away. the darkness, keep the the darkness at bay, keep the cold at bay. And there's also like a tradition of staying up on the longest night of the year. A lot of witches will make sure they stay up to usher in the dawn coming back. And I, it's my personal feeling. I haven't gotten this many one, but I feel like it stems from the belief where the sun won't rise if there isn't someone there to make it rise sort of thing that we have to bring it back on the darkest day, mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like that's what a lot of celebrations of coming together are with that, but we're going to get really in depth into that as it gets a little bit more snowy, you know, I don't want to like drop like 15 minutes of it right now. Yeah. When I was looking at the diagram that's in the book, <clears throat> I was looking at all of the cards that line up um, on sound like on that Samhain time and leading into the um the solstice and it's really interesting because at the root of it at the core of it the, the period of time between Samhain and Imolk essentially um it's the time of stones or the time of earth and then at the center of that is actually the wanderer which if you're talking about um, traditional tarot it's more along the lines of the fool you know mm. the fool's journey but um, so it's a it, it kind of like goes into layers so this is the innermost part of the wild wood um, and it says that that it is poised between the beginning and the end which is a very fitting time to put at the winter solstice because the winter solstice is both the beginning and the end um you know it's the longest night but then that's also right after that point is when the days start to become longer and i feel like we don't pay enough attention to that because december february march it's still so cold mm -hmm. it's still so cold but every day i think it's about a minute or two of extra daylight that we actually get and i feel like after that point you know we we have a hard time um maybe staying on the path staying on the path back to the longer days because it's just so cold it's so snowy so we get really lost into it and i thought that it that was incredibly appropriate and just so accurate to put the wanderer there um at the winter solstice because it is a time of both where things are ending but things are also beginning at the exact same time and Which then the next very, major like symbolic of a journey because you can't exactly begin a journey without ending something exactly mm -hmm. so something else has to previously end in your in your life in order to begin something new or something different um and then the next card i think this is the next one in the um no, the next one that comes out is actually... So if you're working from the center out, so the next the next card in that in that layer um, is actually the moon on water. And so the the art on the card has this um, like a, a full moon rising above a primal swampland illuminates a dark winter sky. The fallow landscape is dotted with the hardy marsh reeds that survive and thrive in the peat enriched water. A primal egg lies submerged in the nutrient-rich swamp full of potential energy and creative power. The bare trees reach up towards the sky and await the return of spring as a flight of crows and herons circle above. So I thought that was a really... It's not the card that you would expect next after seeing something like, oh, the beginning of a journey. You know what I mean? You, you, would expect, you wouldn't expect something so harsh. You wouldn't expect a scene that's so... Um, unforgiving 
but it really does stand and it writes here in the book that it's really at the gateway of the soul and it's that it's that mystic still point where ideas and desires change from pure thought to objective reality and mm. i kind of been thinking about how that relates to how i've been feeling and i think i'm feeling the effects of the winter solstice early because it's getting so much colder earlier and then from being so much further north where it was very cold and right by that water i just I feel like I'm actually going through this 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 wildwood tarot journey right now. It's really lining up accurately for what I've been going through so far. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I love how like different divination systems work if they don't have necessarily the same um, symbolism they draw on. Like I know a lot of tarot, like especially if you use the Thoth deck, is Kabbalistic based. And then um, there's like the Rider Waite originally. I'm not sure if that one was Kabbalistic based or not either. I don't really work it. But then there's like I don't know animal cards and like people throw bones and i use like clow cards from an anime and it's like literally magical girl but they work great and i love using them for divination right and i I just love how like different systems all still can work if they're like really planned out well and they have anything that really speaks to the aspects of what's going on and like with um what you talk about in that journey like not necessarily being happy right off the bat that's just so fucking accurate because mm-hmm. like as someone who's taken some journeys the the, the time that you want to turn back most is in the first 10% of that journey and you yeah. are miserable and you fucking hate it and it sucks and you wish you hadn't had to go and do it but you don't really have a choice at that point right mm-hmm. and sometimes you do and when you do you generally run the fuck back the other way right and that's why that makes a lot of sense yeah that's really cool yeah and i agree like i think the beginning steps of any particular new task that you take on are really difficult to go through it's just like when you start studying witchcraft or you come out to yourself you know it's like oh i don't i really don't want to take that dive that plunge you know like that's that's hard that's hard to deal with Mm-hmm. I want to say it's interesting how this episode talking about the dark half of the year quickly started kind of discussing whether we intended or not how divination can really be used in a much deeper other than like, you know, than what people normally go to someone who divines, you know, boyfriend, love, you know, whatever. Yeah. But what about like these, you know, these deeper, uh, more abstract, you know, uh, uh, readings of of the of your path, you know, like where are you inside where are you of going? you, you know. Yeah. So in reference to that, what I actually do fairly often for myself with my cloud cards, because I like the system they work and how the messages work, I'll often draw several cards and do a reading and I'll leave them on my altar and I'll do this anytime that I clean my altar and reset it. I'll always draw new cards, look up what they mean and set them out for the period that I'm working with it at. And it feels like it works really fucking well just to keep around as like um a point to talk about what i'm going through like literally when um right before i was going to get voice surgery and i was like 
talking with um, some people who lived in the woods um, out in Ottawa, I had the two cards, the wood and the voice come up very clearly. So like they speak fucking volumes sometimes. And it's really neat how um, you can use it for a lot more than like um, telling the future per se. Cause I personally abhor trying to find out what's going to happen because then like you set a path in and you like kind of take away control from yourself in my personal opinion. So I like to see about more where I'm at and like factors at play. And I find those are really helpful for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know how much you want me to make this about divination, but I will say this. I agree. I find that I think when, divination is actually a really good uh, topic for this to go into in a way because i feel like yeah i think the dark half of the year is very much an incredible time for divination Mm -hmm. it is i like to see when people are utilizing divination um to further themselves as people Mm-hmm. I really do truly believe that divination, I, I kind of feel like with divination, like sometimes like precognition and the foretelling of the future, that is an incredible blessing. Um, and I think and it's not curse. something that happens. Huh? Yeah. And it's a curse. I will tell and, you. And a curse at the same time. But I mean, I think, uh, you know, a blessing of the curse, you know, like it's one of those things where many blessings with something like you know kind of the the, you know magic you see this in tv shows all the time you know magic always has a price kind of thing um but i think when it comes to funny that you mentioned premonitions i have like i've been having like mini premonitions Mm -hmm. yeah me and darian too i forgot about um but they're about like really mundane things oh that's how it fucking starts though that's how it fucking starts next thing you know you're seeing the end of the world and like life-changing events man like (laughs) yeah i like they'll be like uh just for example like um like a cup on the table right and you know i see i see joyce like moving around or doing whatever like near that table and i'm like that cup's gonna fall and then whatever's in there is gonna spill I should just move the cup. And then I don't move the cup because I'm like, no, it'll be fine. And then the cup spills and everything goes everywhere. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, and it's funny. And I'll say to Joyce, you know, it's funny. I I had this like premonition about that cup falling. And they'd be like, well, why didn't you move the fucking cup? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. There's something wrong it's, with me. <laughs> it's really hard to get yourself, even for me, some uh, many, many times where like, only recently have I taken to being like my first response to those things is to listen to it first and question it after because yep. I, f- I figure it like this. If it wasn't going to happen, I've still prevented a potential accident anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like if I move the cup and it wasn't really a thing, I still, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. is it one of those weird time loopy weird shit things where like, because you moved it, it was never going to happen in the first place. Weird, no, you know. No, like, <laughs> I've I've had this experience more than enough to know that in those circumstances, if you don't intervene, 
that shit goes differently. Like, um, there's the catch 22 of like having a little bit of foresight is like how shit gets changed with it. Right. Um, I had like, for example, I, I told a friend that I had a dream that he was going to get together with this girl, which would have probably happened if I hadn't, hadn't opened my fucking mouth and told him and make him think that it was just an assured thing when then it didn't. Right. So right. like, there's ways that you can accidentally fuck up and it's a little bit of a curse with that. So I've learned to just be silent about the stuff that happens in my dreams. Um, and then when it happens, I'm fucking screaming in the bathroom at the mirror going, why? Like, uh, <laughs> but also kind of, that also kind of ties into like not giving out unsolicited psychic advice. I hate you that know? shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, I kind of thought about that as a topic, but I'm like, I don't think we could really pull an entire episode about that because really the episode would be, don't do it, thanks, mic drop, end yeah, of the episode. It's a, good, it's a good footnote here for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, if you're not familiar with maybe what we're talking about, so sometimes people that, um, either do have psychic ability or claim to have psychic ability, I'm just gonna leave that open. To however you want to <laughs> interpret that, um, some you know they'll come up to you, and you, I think you see it a lot more in the showy, flashy psychics, or maybe people that are psychics um, as a career. You know, it's their full time thing. They um, they come up to you and they're like, "Oh, I see something in your path," or "There's a spirit around you," and it's yeah. just it's not okay to do that to people if they're not asking for it. Yeah, when people do that, I want to fucking stab them sometimes because it's like so rude and just unfucking warranted. Like, or like people who try and faith heal you. Like, I've seen people try and faith heal people who are like chronically ill in public, and it's like the massive level of disrespect being done here is palpable, and I am ashamed for people who know you. You know, like when it comes to that, I will say. Any prayers or incantations of any kind that you put at someone without their permission can easily be taken as psychic attack, and <laughs> everyone has a right to protect themselves after that. Um, well, yeah, I mean, think about it. You know, what if you're, you know, some, what if you're a witch? Okay, you, you know, you follow like a, tra- a traditional witchcraft path, right? And you encounter someone, oh, you know, I I have this illness or something like that. And then you start just all of a sudden just start, like, chanting some shit. And they're very conservative Christian. You know, how are they going to feel about that? Or vice versa, you know, like you're a a witch and talking to someone and they're just like, oh, you know, praise. I don't know how faith healing works in Christian, but you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's uncomfortable for all parties involved. It's a violation of someone's personal space, really. That's what it feels like. Uh-huh. That's what it really, really comes down to how it feels. It's like they're getting up in your space and pretending like they have some sway in your life or something and you don't know them. You have nothing to do with them. Like it's a little different if say your family member says something like my sister um, had a vision that I got in a car crash um, a week before it happened. And she called me on the phone to be like, Oh my God, are you okay? Like I, I saw this happen and I was just like worried. And I'm like, I'm at the the video store right now, mm-hmm. uh, renting rent a game. But then, like, a week later, that same day, I had a fucking car crash, and it, it happened in the same area. Like, she even said where it was going to happen ahead of time, right? And, mm-hmm. like, um, 
I had a dream of my girlfriend getting engaged to her f- current fiance now um, before it happened recently. And then it happened and I was like fucking screaming in the bathroom going, holy shit, it wasn't a dream. And like, <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of weird though too, because it's like, how do you tell which dreams are like actually going to happen? Which mm-hmm. dreams are totally bullshit, you know? And it's like not a high percent to come true. It's like, 10% maybe 25% if I'm being generous it's not like the majority of them so like it's it's a bit of a guessing game and you can't really know and I think like the point of things is to not think that you really know what's gonna happen but have an idea of like a potential outcome to be aware of right and to like plan for it. and I think that's the healthiest way to approach it it's like a system of giving yourself a way to review options for things that are going to come your way and see how you'd emotionally uh, react to it, you know, and whether Mm -hmm. or not it happens is, you know, whether or not it happens, I can't, I can't say if it will or won't, but sometimes it does. And it's fucking weird. I would like to tie this into, um, I know when Scott was like, oh, I don't want to go off on a whole, you know, thing about divination for this episode. I didn't know if you wanted to or not, that's all. Right. But I do kind of want to tie it back into this. And because I, I had mentioned, I said, you know, the dark half of the year is a great time for divination. I kind of wanted to expand on why. Because both of you were, you know, nodding your heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, in agreement with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to just kind of illuminate for anyone who is maybe newer to the path you're gonna illuminate the dark half of the year i'm going to to illuminate the dark half of the year i'm going to shine a light on the dark half of the year and why it is so important um because sometimes we can get lost in the imagery of springtime and summer and this and that sometimes we can get lost in that imagery and a lot of people look at the dark half of the year and they go oh i don't you know i don't i don't feel comfortable with that i don't like the cold i don't like the dark i don't like i don't like i don't like you know i feel that a lot from from people and i think it's I'd like to just hone in the fact that the dark half of the year is actually the time to recoup, to reflect, and plan. Uh, Sophie, you had mentioned that a couple minutes ago, something about like planning ahead and preparing when we're talking about premonitions. Um, so, with doing that, with with doing that kind of work and that kind of magic, that kind of introspective or um, rebuilding shields, real rebuilding barriers, but also opening pathways all at the same time oh choice words mm. <laughs> but it's true um that's that's that that's what we do in the winter we prepare for when the weather breaks and life allows us to start getting outside again mm-hmm. um, you know we kind of retreat back into the home and it's also a really good time for magic regarding your home like a nice um house cleaning and house blessing it's Mm -hmm. actually a really good time to do that because you're spending so much time inside of it um a lot of people only think of like spring cleaning and you know do a house blessing in the spring because you know all the windows are open and stuff like that but i think it's really important to to do the same when the windows are closed and a lot of energy is is trapped in the house Mm -hmm. um it's really important to do that kind of work. And I'm not trying to dictate to anyone specifically what you should do. 
Is that why frankincense and myrrh is tied to, like, the whole Christ mythos of, like, being born in winter? Is what frankincense they used? Yeah, I guess it's possible. I don't really know about the folklore behind that. I don't... Because isn't the whole reason why they said that Christ was born in the winter was to, to draw in the pagans? Or Technically speaking, Christ. Oh, you're we, right. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't really due to a part. Uh, there's a part of that that chapter somewhere yeah. where it talks about the uh, the shepherds in the field. But the thing is, we have uh, historians who study historical ecology and mm-hmm. historical like farming and things. And technically, they wouldn't have been out in the field if it was winter, because plowing right. season would have already been over, and exactly. everything would have already been gotten. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's just me reaching a little bit, but you know. I don't so, really know. Uh, to be honest, there's nothing I've possible. read of the lore of 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 res those particular resins, why they're considered holy. There are other herbs. Um, they're called the holy herbs. You you can any one of our our viewers can look them up that are in the Bible. Um, they're pretty great. I actually use them in my practice. Um, for like potent like cleansing and healing and stuff, um, but uh, like hyssop for one. Um, ah, uh, yeah, holy hyssop. Yeah, uh, but other than that, uh, there's no, I don't know why. What sort of workings do each of you do during the dark half of the year? What type of stuff do you like to do? Okay, so um interpersonal workings um, between me and people and the emotional states between us are a very key focus for me because um, like you spend a lot of time with the people you care about in winter, you know, you're not running around outside going to shows nearly as much. You're very often cooped up with the people that you care about. And there's a lot of time that comes down together that, you know, where discussions come up about, like, checking in in your life and where you're at with each other. And I feel like um, there's a lot of emotional connection that happens with a lot of people during winter, especially what Scott was saying, how traditionally we used to not work during winter because that's how you really survived it, right? Um, And it really does kind of throw people off to have to work through winter, like through some capitalist hellscape, right? Because like when I worked in trades, you couldn't really work a lot of jobs in winter. So you'd get laid off, you'd get uh, employment insurance because you put in a shit ton hours during the year and you paid for it. And then you stay indoors with your family for about three to four months, four months if you live in Canada, because holy shit we get like a little extra winter on top of that and Mm -hmm. then um while you're home you're you're often celebrating you know you're spending your money you're you're drinking you're smoking you're feasting you're spending time with friends it's like a lot of those very traditional associations of like enjoying yourself during that time because you've built up that nest egg for the winter and you get your like your 60 percent of your wage or whatever so you get to like enjoy that time to recuperate to spend it with people you care about and it's like I feel like it it should be a reward you know like winter's tough so we make it easier on ourselves and that's like the reward for getting out there and really experiencing the bounty of the light half of the year you know and I feel like there should be a little bit more indulgence going on in the uh 
or being considered to be associated with the dark half of the year because God knows that's what I used to do constantly during winter is just indulge and party and hang out with friends and lovers and just live my fucking life and have fun, you know? And it's 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 sad too because like I agree with that and I the thing is is the reason I think that there isn't a lot of the time at least as far as like from my outlook is uh, once again this consumerism thing because uh, this you know when the holidays coming up now it's all about gifts right how how much money do I have to give to other people you know yeah no one is interested how many like, hours people... can I put in at work so I have extra money for gifts right yeah you know and and nobody like nobody appreciates like. I mean, I feel like maybe they do, but, you know, home, like really well put together homemade crafts and goods and things like that. You know, it's like it's no one thinks to do stuff like that because, you know, now there's this idea that like there's like an etiquette. Like if they spent this much, I also have to spend, you know, it, it's it's toxic in a lot of ways, you know, yeah. really. It makes me sad, actually. <laughs> But um, yeah, because if you translate if you translate like our wages, our wages are just the new equivalent for how much food we were able to stock up, how much um, supplies, how much resources. That's really what our wages are. It's just resources. How much how how many resources were we able to sock away during, you know, the the height of summer and spring and stuff like that. Um, and then by the time the winter comes, it's almost like I agree that there should be a sense of, I guess, survival ship, um, you know, saving money, trying to be frugal, this and that. But the holidays make that really hard to do, especially because now it's not so much about pooling your resources to 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 eat well and, and drink well and things like that. It's more about pulling your resources to buy things so that way they mo- monetarily are equivalent to the things that they've bought for you. And right. it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> Can I say that what that does is it t- essentially take the joy of your earnings and savings and passes that boon onto capitalism and places you under the stress and duress of having to do this performative gift giving to feel like your gesture shows that you appropriately appropriately care about the people in your life but on the note of what scott said i have a keepsake box of like a whole bunch of cards and things i've gotten throughout my life i'll tell you this i've never thrown out a handmade card ever i have gotten rid of a lot of fucking hallmarks that i didn't want but i never got rid of a handmade card or one where someone really wrote me and like a personal message or a sentiment I wanted to keep and I feel like a gift is so much more than just an exchange of like something worth money to get someone's satisfaction like if if someone didn't have a penny to spend on my birthday and they wrote me a love letter and and I was in love with that person I'd be over the moon you know like Mm -hmm. that's that's more important to me than like did you spend 80 to a hundred dollars on this gift? You know, like right. that bullshit is fucking just needless. That's true. One year for Thanksgiving. This was a couple of years ago. Katie actually wrote me a letter of why she was thankful for me. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. Cause Katie doesn't really normally do stuff like that. Um, and the, the two of us, we're not really gift giving people, especially to each other. You know, we're kind of just like, 
we've been through life together so there's really no gift that really is equivalent to you know like to to express that so you know that that's just like kind of how our friendship is but the one year she wrote me a letter of why she was thankful like for me and it was just like it was great it was good to feel it was better than her being like i bought you a car you know what I mean? Like it was just like she could have bought me this this extravagant thing, but that letter just spoke so much more to me than any expensive gift ever would. Um, and I think those sentiments are things to kind of focus on as the the time as as we get further along into the dark half of the year. I think those sentiments are important to focus on. Um, enjoying finding finding the happiness in the darkness finding comfort in the darkness finding um joy in the cold now i do know that we are coming from a northern hemisphere perspective because right now the other half of the world is completely experiencing completely different weather so um i guess if we have any listeners from the other side of the world I guess just think about this in reverse for you <laughs> or yeah. think about this when you, when your cold weather comes. Um, but I think these sentiments are really important to focus focus on is the, the sense of family, whether that be blood or chosen, doesn't matter, you know, family, community, togetherness, uh, pulling your resources together to enjoy the time and not necessarily just, Oh, I got to give, I got to spend my money on this person for this and that and really reflect on yourself and what you're doing and what and where you can go. Um, I've been feeling that a lot in particular regarding this podcast, actually. And I've been having, I think I've kind of sorted out the difference between like mini premonitions and maybe a little bit of like seeing a little bit into the future and daydreaming. I've kind of like, been figuring out the difference between those two so i've been seeing things like regarding this podcast like um of it being more successful more widespread i keep uh, seeing in my mind um like us having more meetings and, and talking and, and there's more things in motion and those are like these little snippets that i get in my head um so i've been feeling really motivated and inspired and i think that energy is very very powerful at this time of the year but a lot of people don't recognize it they they kind of get clouded by the cold and the dark when really you can find so much energy in that because it is just it's just ripe it's just ripe for the taking and i think it's i think it's an important um and really powerful source of energy to tap into right now so would you say that the the kind of the working that you're interested in at least right now is it almost seems like the like uh, workings of like creation of, of yeah. um manifesting of of mm-hmm. bringing to light things from the darkness yeah um, you know kind of like pulling things out of the void pulling which things is, out of the uh, void yeah which is why for me when when you made that joke in the beginning of this and I was like haha punny um mm-hmm. it, it was interesting because you know for me one of the big things I do is uh I do a lot of introspective stuff during this time of the year as far as like going inward and mm-hmm. and uh doing like the deep shadow work and all that fun stuff and that's traditionally what i've done but i think i'm kind of going in reverse i'm kind of like exploring outward 
go for it. Um, like for me this year too, though, I, I've been a lot about like, like you said, kind of, and I've always said this, uh, from, from when I was a little bit younger, I always, I always used to say the things we learn in the dark, uh, is, is kind of the, the, uh, the wisdom, you know, we bring into the light, you know, we bring into the light half of the year, um, uh, you know, we, we, you know, knowledge is what, you know, wisdom is how to apply it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think darkness is what gives us wisdom. The light can give us knowledge. Mm-hmm. Wisdom though is learned through reflecting. I, and, and... I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's only, I think for me, this time of the year is just so symbolic. Uh, one of the things I love about uh, uh, the fall or early winter, however you wish, um, although I guess it would be fall today, but like at, in the evenings, the early evenings, right at dusk, when the, the sun is setting and the sky is like orange and purple, and you can look at something in front of you, and it, it's wrapped in like a halo from the sky of like that purple-orange light, and it itself is like engulfed in shadow. And it, you know, cause darkness becomes darker and, and, you know, and there's something so, I often think to myself, I'm like, you know, that it's like, it's, it's like, it's aura, you know, like the spirit of the thing, you know, like this moment gives me a chance to see the aura of a thing. And, and I know that it's, it's purely symbolic, but there's something about, even in that moment, uh, to, to, look at something engulfed in its own shadow kind of even though i know it's an object but i guess as an animist you know for me mm-hmm. i can look at that and kind of like so maybe that tree also does the same thing you know like i guess i i it makes me realize i'm no different than nature i am with it i am a part of it and I don't know. I, I guess I find something deep there. I don't know. I guess it's just, realistically, it's just more that contemplative introspection. But mm-hmm. I, I guess I just wanted to talk about it poetically like that for a moment, mm-hmm. just because I love the way the world looks in that moment. There's just yeah. something so powerful. And it it it's also kind of reaffirming, too. Like, you know, when you go around and you see the world, especially growing up, different really fucking different you know you're a kid Mm -hmm. and you know you're you're (laughs) you have just whatever it is that makes you different and you know for me it was uh the psychic stuff and then the queer thing although i didn't know the queer stuff then but um the psychic stuff i definitely knew and i don't know it just it's nice to see the world responding you know kind of validating and and holding space for me in some way i don't know i would say that the time that i feel most powerful and also the most at peace is right before it snows Mm. especially at especially at night especially at night Mm -hmm. is right before it snows or right after it's it's already done snowing because there is a stillness in the air that you can't replicate from any kind of meditation for me like i can't i can't replicate that that stillness 
and just that that feeling of it just being completely i guess at zero that's kind of like my zero point yeah i know it and and even oh sorry go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say my thing with winter is like going for a walk while it's snowing because like Mm -hmm. there's fucking nobody out and you're out there and you're listening to music and you're bundled up warm enough that the cold don't fucking matter. You're smoking a joint, mm-hmm. maybe. And you're just watching all of these snowflakes fall. And they're all tumbling in, like, different, like, angles. And if you look at it, it's, like, kaleidoscopic almost. Mm-hmm. And you can just, like, sit there and be in the moment with it. And it's mm-hmm. like you're walking in your own personal snow globe. It's, it's really, um, I wouldn't say it's, like still like after a snowfall it's more like you're engaged in something you know Mm -hmm. it's like you're dancing with the flakes as they're like catching up and like melting on you and like and i like sharing that experience i like that you mentioned like you being outside in it because i think sometimes a lot of our winter imagery is like um you know huddled up in your chair Watching the snow outside, you know, drinking hot chocolate. And I think that some, a lot of our winter imagery is that, you know, like enjoying it from afar, enjoying it through a lens. There is something, and, you know, always be safe when you're out in the cold, obviously, but there is something very um, primal and that helps me connect with the season and the cold and just those energies um, when you go outside in a snowstorm or, mm-hmm. you know within reason the best or like that thick fucking fog that rolls in where it's like silent shit and it's like maybe snowing and you're like yeah i'm gonna go out and it's a mystery novel right now also sorry go ahead i was just gonna say about that too i think that's to kind of harken back to beginning i also think maybe a little bit of fear is also good as well that kind of solitude that kind of um looking at our own primal fear the fear of solitude, the fear of being alone in the dark, um, the fear of that fog. Like, I mean, who, you know, who hasn't, whether you're young or older, kind of have an eerie feeling of a fog, you, you know? know? Oh, yeah, always. There's a, the unknown is right there in front of you. I feel kind of safer when I know I'm completely alone and there's nothing around me, not a person, not an animal. Fuck, I think that's when I feel the safest, actually. I mean, and and I get that. I I honestly do. You're not. You're definitely not the only one. I, you know, because in in certain situations, I get that. But I think in like when an atmosphere sets a mood is what I'm t- really just trying yeah. to talk about. You know, mm-hmm. like I think that there's also something to learn from fear. You know, once again, I really feel like the darkness on a metaphysical level, yeah, and on a physical level. Um, just because, you know, nature and the metaphysical, the, wor- the physical world and the supernal are are reflections of one another. They they exist together, operating in a weird cosmic cogwork sort of thing. And uh, it, it, like I said, it's, it's really all about gaining wisdom of you, you know, your shadow self in, in all of its gore and, and splendor. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and I, I really just think it's about and I think it's all of us, whether you're a witch and a cultist or not, um, this this season, it, it has an effect on people. Not always good. So, I, you know, for, for our, our 
uh, viewers who have seasonal uh, depression and, and things like that. Um, but nevertheless, it, it does have a has an effect. It does. I mean, it's funny because like the the only for me the only time summer has this effect it, it's it's two nights in summer and it's um well Purgis and Beltane are the only two spiritual days in the heat where all of a sudden things seem more ethereal and after that uh as I've said before I, I kind of um I start to ebb a little bit I start to I can't um you know it's different like i i've read a book oh you've read this book sophie i don't know if you have um a deed without a name by lee morgan mm-hmm. well, uh do you, um, it's a it's an outstanding book um there's a part in it i don't remember jay if you remember uh that lee talks about the whitening and the reddening there are times when you are going through your whitening when you are more into your your physical life when you're more yes. interested in, yes, you know, work and 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 uh, success or whatever, and then you're going through your reddening. I might be getting these backwards, but either way, you know, you're going through yeah, your reddening you kind of when you're more between, interested. Like, yeah, in you're your kind of spiritual... like more focused on your mundane life, I guess, so to speak, and then more focused on your your spiritual or magical kind of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard. I for me, like it's kind of hard to to balance the two. Like I'm never like in sync with one of them. I'm either more focused on one or more focused on the other. Very I, rarely am I kind of on the same level with each one. That's just me. That's just I, I I would argue that that's most practitioners. I mean, like yeah. I don't I don't think it's it's we're whimsical people. Even the most level headed of us mm-hmm. have our heads in the clouds. Like we're we're yeah. very we're dreamers we're we're artists we're we're thinkers we're some of us are doers you know like it's just we're 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 different <laughs> we think different we think it's very different. true um anything that you kind of wanted to say in in summary sophia like about i mean i could chip a couple more things in for sure one thing that i was thinking of in the back of my mind is like how if you really did live in a more traditional system where winter is where you're not working, that's kind of a creative part of the year because like mm-hmm. I find some of my best ideas come to me when I'm working, but I seldom have the time to sit down and really passionately put it out. And mm-hmm. if you got three or four months, you're not doing it your house. Well, if you're doing something with it, whether or not it's knitting yourself a new blanket or whether you're binging netflix you know you do something with that time right and it's kind of like a space for creation of a different type you know like Mm -hmm. in in um the light half of the year you're always going out and doing and getting money and getting like resource to sustain yourself but you're not necessarily taking time to like do those things that you really wanted to do that you've been Mm -hmm. like waiting for the time to do and like i feel like traditionally winter was that time you know that's when you'd weave yourself a new basket because your other ones getting holes in it or that's when you go and you know patch up all your clothes for the next coming year to make sure that everything's nice and ready to go you know it's like and you make a new broom too that was the thing that they did as well because your old one from the previous year was falling apart yeah so you get your shit in order and um you you ready yourself for 
like what you're going to do so that's like both this act of creation as well as um preparation and planning mm-hmm. you know and in the end it's never quite what you imagine it's going to be that you prepare for but you do the best that you can to be ready with what you have so that when things come it's time to go you know and i feel like winter is not necessarily just the time to bundle up and hide yourself in inside of a house or in front of a fire, you know, although that can be tempting. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, definitely take your days and relax, Mm -hmm. but I kind of know what you mean. Like, I don't think winter is the time to be stagnant. You know, a lot of people say, Oh, you know, you just, you spend the whole winter, you know, eating snacks and gaining weight and this and that. Why not work on your body? Why not take that extra time go out in the cold for an hour go go to the gym travel to the gym uh you know go to the walk to the library you know whatever that whatever that is you know take take those steps to 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 better yourself to to improve yourself nourish yourself um winter is not the time to just lay stagnant because i feel like it doesn't you're not prepared for the spring when that comes you're you're not mentally together you're not physically together and then it's just a rush to oh no there's only two more weeks left of winter and now i have to you know lose a bunch of weight and i have to sort out my bank account and i have summer body and summer body and i have to do all these things and that's just not the way to do it use the time in the winter where you're not running out and doing a bunch of things and being in the public eye and this and that use that time to better yourself and improve yourself and i'll say if you're gonna like not do that well just make sure you at least fucking enjoy yourself because that's your time and it's supposed to be that and take care of yourself so yeah if you're if you're gonna do something you love then fucking full bore go and do that shit you know and like if that means you're gonna sit with um the biggest bucket of popcorn that you can find and like a liter of pepsi well i mean that's your that's your life and i hope it makes you happy and i don't mean that sarcastically i mean it genuinely because like that's Mm -hmm. your time for you and nobody else can tell you what the fuck you should do to reward yourself in winter but Mm -hmm. you you know yeah and that's very true but make sure you do it because like the act of celebration is important that's why Mm -hmm. like yule celebrations are a thing you know to keep your spirits up to keep it going to keep you feeling good you know Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. If I can say to to kind of wrap up my thing, to remember, and this is to not just the people I'm discussing with here, but also to the, our greater audience, the plants themselves, the earth itself, is not doing nothing during winter. It's it's slow, and it's quiet, but it's not not continuing to grow. It slows down. It takes a pace. It it it. It it just it even the earth in a way can become contemplative and that's what it does. Nothing actually stops during the winter. Yeah, even plants underneath of the soil are 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 doing something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. The only plant that doesn't sleep is a pine tree because it's fucking crazy and it'll kill you in winter too. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's very true. <laughs> What did I'm you say? Just, I'm just making a joke about how Jay said all every even plants need to sleep, and like except for like fucking pine trees because they're crazy and they don't give a fuck and they're out to kill you. That's true. 
You know how like like that joke that goes around like oh like uh, you radiate like big dick energy or something like that. It's like you radiate pine tree energy. <laughs> I mean, we could do a segment alone on like the magical associations of the pine tree and like the energy behind something that has like strength throughout the entire year. You know, and a there's tr- a lot actually, of a tree episode in well. general. Would be cool. Oh my god, magical episode. fucking magic tree. Ma- wait, we call it magic fucking trees and plants. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oops, Scott has. Uh, I see the wheels turning there. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> I'm gonna ask y'all for some reference books to read up on for that one ahead of time. Yeah, I don't really know much about trees, but I'm sure it will be a fun discussion. I will give you all of the books to read. <laughs> <laughs> all of the websites all of them <laughs> um so with that we've all kind of wrapped up uh what we're kind of either intending to or kind of discovered that we were uh wanted to talk about with this episode about the dark half of the year some of these topics were some of these discussion points were planned and some were not and that's i think that's what i love about this podcast sometimes we go off on a tangent and that's fine um it's fun Oh, absolutely. That's why we do it. It's just yeah, a bunch of people talking about witchy stuff, and mm-hmm. wherever that takes us is where it takes us. Um, but yes, the dark half of the year, use it to however it is calling to you. Um, I think that's the one thing that I found, that the voices that you hear in this time of the year are very clear, and they're very precise, and um, usually there's not a lot of things that get modeled. Um so whatever energies are speaking to you, whatever's calling to you, do that. Uh, I would I would say just trust those voices and those energies that you're that you're hearing. And if you're not hearing anything at all, then maybe this is just the time of year for you just to lay low and just you know kind of bide your time and see and see what the springtime has in store for you. Um, so with that, I think we're going to conclude this episode on our discussion of the dark half of the year. Uh, we are going to have a Yule episode, obviously, it will be a thing, and, um, if you want to follow us outside of just this podcast, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter, and we are working on the website, and I think we're gonna have a SoundCloud, too, because the website has some SoundCloud integration, so if you use SoundCloud, we'll be on there. Um, but for now, I'm gonna end this episode... And we're all going to say goodbye, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.